It's safe to say the Kalecha Osemele Ryan Khalil project on the Jets' offensive line has been an absolute disaster. The Jets completely wrong KO, and we're talking about it on the Brandon Contis Jets podcast right now. Contis, I am a Contis. You better like me. I'm from Patchogue. All righty, nice job with the free music YouTube. You're listening to the Brandon Contis Jets podcast on SB Nation. Episode 12 of my first ever sports podcast, where we keep it simple, we keep it short, never more than 20 minutes. If I have more to say, I'll just put it in another podcast. So it's Sunday morning, we're a couple hours before game time against the Jaguars, and I want to keep this pod relevant for a couple days. So we're going to put the game on the back burner, episode 13 will be about the Jaguars game. But for now, we push it aside, which is rare that you're able to do, because only 16 games, they're all pretty important. So it's rare that a story pops up where... You could say, I I don't care about the game right now, but that's what happens when you have an all-pro offensive lineman who says he needs surgery, and the team says, no, no, shoot him up with more Toradol, take some pain meds, and let's go, put him out on the field. But this Kolecce Osemele situation is a mess. And the Jets just released him this morning, which was expected, but both sides are going to be linked for a while because KO filed a grievance with the Players Association because the Jets have been finding him for unexcused absences throughout this injury as he's been missing practice, as he's been missing games, because he has a ripped-up shoulder, because he needed surgery. As he goes for surgery, the Jets are finding him for an unexcused absence. Absolutely amazing. This guy this guy had one of the best smiles in the league, and the Jets completely wiped that off. It's been difficult. Um, you know, you work your ass off, you know what I mean? And uh, you think that, you know, there's good faith. Um, but... I'm trying my best to, you know, do my prehab work and show up every day and be at meetings and do everything I need to do and control everything I can control. I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't frustrating to be in this position considering um, what I've been able to accomplish in this league and the type of player that I am. To be dealing with something like this um, is, is slightly disrespectful, but it's outside of my control, so I'm trying to, like, be positive about it, if you know what I mean. One of the worst parts about this is it's all happening with the first-year general manager. It's happening with the first year with Adam Gase as head coach. Gase has a bad track record as a leader, a bad track record as a head coach. Alienated players in the Miami locker room, feuded with players, feuded with the media. I don't know why we expected anything different with him in New York, but a bad leader, bad track record as a head coach, well below 500 for his career, as many double-digit losses as he does wins. 24 wins, 24 blowout losses for Adam Gase in his career, and only three double-digit wins to add to that. So I, I don't know what he says in the interview room, but give him credit for this. Gase is a, is a bad head coach, but he keeps getting jobs. He paints himself as an offensive genius, but he has the worst offense in football. He says he doesn't want to pick the players, but he gets the general manager fired. That's not easy. He has to be smart to orchestrate all of that, but unfortunately, it doesn't translate to being a good coach. It doesn't translate to being a good leader, which Gase is none of. I haven't seen him. I mean, he's in the training room. I mean, we're in meetings and things like that. I haven't had any conversations. You're the leader of the team. He's a player that you have repeatedly praised all offseason. He's in the building. You're in the building for, what, 10, 15 hours a day. You haven't spoken too many weeks. You couldn't find time to speak to him. He hasn't asked to speak to me. Why does he have to ask you? What? What? I mean, he's injured. He's in the training room. Should you show support for a player who's on your team? I'm trying to get ready weekly for the next opponent. I got a whole bunch of guys that are playing that need me to do my job. You don't have a few minutes over the course of weeks to talk to other starters who's in pain? I mean, I am not going to get into this about his situation. I mean, it is what it is. He hasn't asked to talk to me. 
if he wants to talk to me, he can come to my office. That doesn't sound like a head coach that players are going to be clamoring to play for, whether they're already here on this roster or whether they're impending free agents and looking to possibly be a New York Jet. I don't know if if, if you play that audio for any of those players. I'm, I'm not sure how many people are going to be running through walls looking to play for Adam Gase. Uh, I started out on KO's side on this, and to me, as somebody that's never been in a professional locker room, never been on an NFL team, I thought it was pretty obvious that if there's a player that says he's injured and he can't play and doctors deem that he does need surgery, that he should have the opportunity to go get that surgery. I, I didn't think that there would really be much debate about that. Then there were a couple of reports about the timing of the injury because it came to light after he was benched. But again, as an outsider, I don't see where KO did anything wrong or questionable. A two-time pro bowler, an all-pro Super Bowl champion, a 30-year-old offensive lineman that was brought in here. The Jets send the wrong MRI to team doctors. They send a clean MRI, so clearly they, they get off to a bad start with this. The Jets demand the player takes pain meds and plays through a ripped up shoulder. The Jets find the player on the day that he gets surgery. The Jets release the player two days later. How do players not have a say in what they're feeling, what what their their pain, pain threshold is, what they can play with, what what medicine they're comfortable taking, what injuries they're able able to get out on the field with? How, how do players not have any sort of say in that? If a player doesn't have a say in all those factors, then the team is no longer treating them as a human being. Human rights should allow players to have a say in how they feel, what their body can handle. KO wasn't given that right by the New York Jets. The players on this team know it. Players around the league know it. And this was handled absolutely brutally by the Jets. Then it comes out from ESPN's Adam Schefter. I don't remember if this this happened on Friday or Saturday. Uh, Assembly had the surgery on Friday, so this report probably came out Saturday morning. That after surgery, doctors found the shoulder was in even worse shape than originally thought. So originally they thought he had a torn labrum. Again, this is a torn labrum is something that NFL players do play with sometimes, uh, but there are times that the pain threshold could be uh, too much that they, they can't play. And for an offensive lineman especially, having that, that arm weakness is is a big deal. The the inability to, to get the push at the line, if you have a weak shoulder, if you have a shoulder with a torn labrum, and apparently there was also a cyst that was pressing in his shoulder because of the torn labrum that was causing even more pain. And then Schefter reports that doctors found that the shoulder was even worse shape than just the torn labrum, and he was in, in need of surgery. So yes, K.O. lost his job on the field because of poor performance, but how is it unreasonable to think that his shoulder didn't contribute to that poor performance. KO has a track record, a track record as an all-pro, as a pro bowler, as a Super Bowl champion. What's what's Adam Gase's track record? What What's what's Joe Douglas's track record as the general manager, the first-year GM of the New York Jets? The benefit, the benefit of the doubt, in my mind, it goes to KO. And the Jets, they, they made it, they just made it incredibly harder for themselves to sign free agents in the offseason because if all things are equal... What player wants to come here knowing how KO was treated, knowing there's the potential for this to happen to them? How does Osemele's former Jets teammates feel about the way this was handled? How's Jamal Adams feel, who already put out feelers that, that he doesn't want to be a Jet going forward, that he's annoyed with the organization, that he's fed up with the losing, that he's fed up with the culture of the Jets? Your best player, your one bright light in an abysmal season, doesn't want to be here. And then you have the nerve to treat a player the way you did with Osemele. It's it's an awful look in a bad season that makes the Jets look as dysfunctional and as bad as they ever have. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Condes Jets podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes, and as always, be good.